exceptional job. Preached a great, great message on the subject of prayer. Amen. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Great message. And, and listen, we're, what we want to do is we want to just continue that theme. We're, the next couple Sundays, uh, we're going we're gonna to continue to preach on that particular subject. Uh, we, we have our communion service coming up, and we're just going to turn that into a communion prayer service. Amen. How many of y'all would agree uh, in, by what we're seeing in our nation that our, our nation is in bad need of prayer? Bad need of prayer. Our, 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 our country, our, our government, our cities, our communities, uh, we are inundated. We have seen so many, so many just tragedies in our own community. Uh, it, it is just it is crazy. You, you almost don't even want to wake up and look and see what in the world is going to happen next. Uh, we are in bad need of prayer. But I'm glad we have a God we can pray to. We don't pray to a statue and we don't pray to an idol and we don't pray to a, something that's dumb and deaf and cannot hear. When we do pray, we have a God who hears and answers prayer. Amen. Boy, it's good to be saved. Amen. I want you to look with me in Matthew chapter number 6 and we'll read just a couple verses and I'll, I'll let you be seated this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter number 6, we're going to uh, just just tag right on in uh, uh, where Brother Andrew left off last week. But I want to go just maybe a little a little different route or come at you at a little different angle uh, and, and, and see what God has for us uh, this morning. Are you all with me? Say amen. It says in Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 9. Verse number 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That, why don't we just all read? Why don't we all read? Everybody in Fairview, y'all read out loud in concert with us together. Let's just start over and let's all read this together. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now most people would stop there, but we're going to continue. For... If ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for just a great service. Lord, we, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be in your house right now. I am so excited to be where you are and you feel your presence. And Lord, it's not because we deserve it as a people, but because we're in desperate need of it. And I pray that your perfect will be done today. Please help me. I, I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt I have the word that you want me to bring, but God, I need the unction to be able to bring it. And I pray that you'll touch my heart, my mind, and clear my thoughts, Lord, and don't let me say anything out of the way. Don't let me say anything I'm not supposed to. And Lord, don't let me forget anything I should. And I pray your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, we, we learned last week 
from Brother Andrew that we have a God who hears and answers prayer. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. We have a living Savior. We have a caring Savior. He said, cast all your care upon me, for he cares for us. Amen. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. I am so glad that I have a God I can lean on. I am so glad I have a God I can trust in. I am so glad I have a God who I can run to in my time of difficulty, in my time of trouble, in my time of fear. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Man, I'm glad I have a God who hears and answers prayer. But what about when he doesn't? What about when he doesn't? Have you ever had a time in your life when you felt like your prayers got no higher than the ceiling? Have you felt like in times in your life when you prayed and you seemed to agonize in prayer and there was no peace that came and there was, there was no presence that you felt and, 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 and it, seemed like, it seemed like everything you did was in vain and then God didn't hear. I almost posted on Facebook last night and I, I was going to post this but it was so late because God kind of changed everything I'd planned on doing so I had to just be here a little longer and the alarm went off on me. Somebody say amen. Turn the alarm on when I'm here. Amen. Uh, what, what does it seem like God is not answering your prayer? And I was going to tag it this. You may be right. You may be right. You say, preacher, but you just said that God does hear and answer prayer. He sure does. He sure does. I can give you verse after verse after verse after verse that says that we have a great God, that says we have a loving God, that we have a caring God, and we have a hearing God, and we have an answering God. But I can show you some verses where it says he will not hear them. So what about when God doesn't answer? What about when God doesn't answer? I I, I, I copied several, and I, I, I forgot them in my in my uh, in my office, but I'm gonna I want to give you what I have here this morning. And basically, the first two points I got three points, but the first two points is maybe by way of intro, if you will, just something that we can uh, start with, and then hunker down in number three because that's where God started doing a little changing. And I believe with all my heart, there is a message. There is a, not a sermon. Not a sermon, but there's a message. God is trying to tell somebody something this morning. I don't know who you are. I don't know who's here. I know that there is a God in heaven who knows every single person is in here. And he knows what we need to hear. So, so y'all pray for me in this deal, all right? What, when God doesn't answer, and, and I want to do this. I, I, I don't want to talk about things like uh, timing. You know, sometimes God doesn't answer because of timing. It's not the right time. God has a time. How many of y'all know God's always on time? And it may, not be, it may not be that God is saying no. Maybe the timing is not. That's not what I'm talking about because that's out of our control. That is not something that we control. Sometimes what we're asking for, God's got something better than what we're asking for. Are y'all with me? And so that's kind of out of our control. I want to talk about some things that are in our control. Some things that we have control over that's keeping God from answering our prayers. Yeah. 
One thing it could be, say, preacher, what's the issue? Why is God not listening? Why is God not responding to me when I call upon him? It may be a salvation issue. It may be a salvation issue. Let me, let me read you a verse. The Bible says, Proverbs 15, 8, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Proverbs 15, 29, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. John 9, 31, Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if a man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Preacher, what are you saying? If you are lost, the one prayer that God will hear from you is a prayer of repentance. A prayer of repentance. Confess your sin before God. Come to Him for salvation. So, so you say, Preacher, why is God not hearing my prayer? It may be a salvation issue. It may be a salvation issue. Maybe you need to trust Him as your Savior. God is not obligated to hear one single prayer of an unconverted man except the prayer of repentance. Now, here's the thing. It may not be a salvation issue. It could be. It could be an issue of selfishness. Selfishness. Boy, it's quiet this morning. It could be a selfishness issue. James 4, uh, 1 and 3. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Now, he's talking about church people. He's talking about church folk. Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members, your, your desires, your wants? Ye lust and ye have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. And then he, watch this, here's where the tag is. He said, but when you do ask, when you do ask, verse 3, ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye might consume it upon your lust. In other words, you're missing God's perfect will for your life because you're asking more for your pleasure, you're asking more for your selfish desires than His glory and the benefit of His kingdom. Are y'all with me? I, I want to read to you just a little short paragraph of Warren Wiersbe's commentary. He says, Selfish desires are dangerous things. They lead to wrong actions. He, he put in there, you kill, you fight, you war. And they even lead to wrong praying. When our praying is wrong, our whole Christian life is wrong. People who are at war with themselves because of selfish desires are always unhappy people. They never enjoy life. Instead of being thankful for the blessings they do have, they complain about the blessings they do not have. They cannot get along with other people because they are always envying others for what they have and do. They are always looking for that magic something that will change their lives when the real problem is within their hearts. Instead of seeking God's will, we tell God what he is supposed to do and we get angry at him if he does not obey. This anger is of, at God eventually spills over and we get angry at God's people. More than one church split has been caused by saints who take out their frustrations with God on the members of the church. Yeah. We get angry at God because God doesn't answer the prayer in the way we've asked it or because of something we've done, and because God knows that we're not mature enough to handle whatever it is we're asking for. When my, my, when my daughters were five years old, if they would have asked for the keys to the car, I'd have said, no way, Jose. Why? Not because I didn't want them to enjoy the freedom of the car, because I knew they wasn't mature enough to handle it. Are y'all with me? I'm still a little suspect now. 
Are y'all with me? And sometimes we ask and we ask God for something and it's not for anything but our own selfishness. Our own selfishness. Now don't take from this, don't take from this we should never ask God for something for our own selves. That's not what James is saying here. Listen, here's the thing. Sometimes our prayers are not being answered in the way we're asking because of our selfishness. Sometimes it's because of salvation. Maybe we just need to trust God. Maybe you've never been converted. But I, I think probably the, the number one reason, and this is what I really want to talk about today, one of the number one reasons that God does not answer our prayer is because it's a sin situation. A sin situation. And I want to, I want to focus, I'm going to give you some verses to, to, to back up what we're saying, but I want to focus on a particular sin this morning. It wasn't my intention, but God has led that way. And so we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. A specific sin that causes us to uh, uh, have the heavens turned off to our benefit. Now here's the thing. I want, I want you to look in, in Isaiah. I've got it printed. If you don't want to turn there, you can trust me. But if you want to turn, Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 11 it says, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? This is God talking to his own children. In other words, they, they are coming and they're still going to church. They're living like hell, but they're still going to church. They're, they're being disobedient to God's commands, and they're living in a way that is contrary to what God told them to do. And they were being completely disobedient to God, but they kept going to church. They kept going to the temple. They kept offering the sacrifices. And, 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 and we can be quiet right here all we want to be, but I'm telling you, we got a ton of people who are living like the devil all week long, but they'll show up on Sunday and keep on singing. Just like everything's fine and everything's okay. Yeah, I'm preaching. <clears throat> Isaiah 111, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams, the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks and of lambs or of he goats. When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread in my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. In other words, your worship and your, your praise and your, what you're bringing to me to the church house, he says, it's an, it makes me sick. The new moons, the Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, your religious fervor, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even a solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts. In other words, uh, uh, the things that, the, the, the religious rules that they were keeping. He said, my soul hate it. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. When, watch this. When you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Are y'all with me? I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Isaiah 59, 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities, watch what have done, have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. That he will not hear. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the word regard means to love and esteem and to practice. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. 
will not hear me. Your sins, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. There is a boundary. There is a, there is a chasm between you and God. Say, where do, you, do you got anything in the New Testament about that? How about this? If we say that we fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie. This is in 1 John chapter 1. We lie and do not the truth. But if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm telling you, sin will separate Sin will divide. Sin will cause a chasm between you and God. And it will take you out of fellowship with the Father who so desperately wants to walk with you and fellowship with you and have an intimate relationship with you and hear your prayer. Say amen. But sin causes a divide. Sin separates. You know, many times our prayers are not being answered. Our prayers are not being heard. It's not that he cannot hear. He will not hear. I know what you're thinking. Well, yep, somebody in here needs to hear this. (laughs) That person is shacking up and committing fornication and adultery and living together. They need to hear this. That person is addicted to that computer and that, that pornography. That, yes, sir, they, they, they need to hear this. That person is cheating money out of their boss and their employment. Boy, they sure need to hear this. That person has been on that phone gossiping like crazy. They need to hear this. I've heard her twice already this week, ain't it? No, I'm kidding. Sin. Sin. Now, most, and I know what you're thinking. I I do know what you're thinking because I'm psychic. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, yes, them big sinners. Them big sinners. Them ones that's doing that, that show enough sinning. You know what God wants me to talk about? A sin that nobody thinks is a sin. A sin that nobody even recognizes as a sin. So when they are committing it and and, and living in it, they have no idea that God's not happy with it. Because they don't even realize it. Now, it's easy to see that those outward things, those big sins. But what about the one you can't see? What about the one that's underneath the surface? Preacher, where are you going? you have any Bible for this? Oh, yeah, I got some Bible, and I never realized it was there. I never, ever saw it like I saw it this week. In this, in this particular Lord's Prayer. It's amazing. How many of y'all have ever been making a comment or, or addressing a situation and then you think about something and you say, now as a matter of fact, in other words, what I said is so important, I'm going to back it up with some more. Are y'all with me? It, it, I, I had that all the time from my father. If you do this, you're going to get such and such. Matter of fact, if you, 
Did, did your father ever have them sayings? It's going to be too wet to plow. It's going to be Katie by the door. It, mm-hmm. Well, Jesus is saying the Lord's Prayer. And by the way, guys, by the way, I, I, I never realized this either. Maybe I just been so dumb all my life I never saw it but do you know there's the, the, the pattern that God gives us in the Lord's prayer our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom the, this pattern that he gives us it's not a formula it's a pattern he says pray in this pattern now here's the thing in all of it there, there's, there's one thing in it that's, that's got a stipulation in the whole Lord's prayer in the whole pattern in the outline of prayer that God gave us to follow in our prayer life there's one part of it that's got a stipulation and in our verses that we just read, after he said, amen, he said, let me think about it. Matter of fact, let me say some more about this one. Let's read it. Let's read it. Look what it says. Look, look verse 9. Let's go back. Let's do the top. Now, remember, there's one in this whole pattern. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So far, so good. So it's wonderful. These are things we're asking. Now watch. And forgive us our as. He put a stipulation on there. Nowhere else in the pattern. He even says some more stuff. No stipulations on none of it. But that one. Now watch. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. But, he says, I need to say some more about this. I need to say some more about this. Watch, watch. For, isn't it amazing? What he's fixing to say is, is two verses behind. He's already completed the pattern. He's already completed the, the outline of prayer. But he says, let me say some more about this. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Preacher, what sin are you talking about? I'm talking about the sin of un. Forgiveness. I, I didn't plan on just focusing on that one. Man, I was going to talk about all of them. But the more I prayed and the more God began to speak to me, He said, Son, this is dangerous because people don't realize they have it. You say, what happens with unforgiveness? What happens if we, we are living in unforgiveness? It, unforgiveness breeds and develops and brings up bitterness. And the Bible says that bitterness is a seed. It's a root. Where does a root? Beneath the surface. It's where you can't see it. People can see a drunkard. People can see someone shacking up. People can see somebody with a filthy mouth. Somebody, people can see all of these things that we think are big sins. But there's one stipulation in the pattern of prayer that God dealt with, and it's something you can't see. It's something that's underneath the surface. 
It's something that is dangerous. And it is something that so many Christians are guilty of. And it's a sin and they don't even realize it. They've been hurt and they've been wounded and something has happened in their life, maybe way back even in their childhood or even in, listen, in middle age, whatever it might be, an offense has come and wounded them and hurt them. Something someone said, something someone did. Maybe a tragedy took place and the, the wound did not necessarily come from another person. It might be by your perception have come from God. And here we are, we've let that thing Settle in our heart and settle in our soul. And that thing is smoldering and smoldering and smoldering. And that bitterness has developed because we never forgave the situation. Say, preacher, what? I, I just don't think that. Well, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. Mark 11. <clears throat> Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when ye pray... Believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. So we're in the context of prayer. Then he says this, And when ye stand praying, I can't hear you. And when ye stand praying, say it again, If ye have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Y'all with me? And watch this, Matthew 18, 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Now, he thought he was being real spiritual right there. If you, if you study that chapter out, you'll find out that the, the Pharisees, the Pharisees and the religious crowd, they believe three times. They, it was kind of like baseball, three strikes and you're out. I don't have to forgive you no more. So Peter thought he was going above and beyond the call of duty by using the number seven. He thought he was going to show out in front of Jesus and and said, how often should I forgive? Seven times? And Jesus looked at him. He said, no, until seven times 70. And and don't let the number, don't don't do the calculations to figure out how long you can go. The point is, Jesus said, you have to always forgive. Never withhold forgiveness. No matter what, no matter when, no matter how many times, forgive those that's hurt you. Unforgiveness. Listen, holding on to something that's taken place, holding on to something that's hurt you, holding on to something that's broke you, and that develops in our heart. And listen, that, 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 that unforgiveness goes into bitterness, and bitterness has its own symptoms. It has its own symptoms. Symptoms like fatigue, just tired all the time. Symptoms like depression. Listen, symptoms like the inability to trust people. Symptoms like anger. You get angry at the smallest things, things that it's just not natural to get angry at. It's not that big a deal. You don't even know why. She said so-and-so. You blew off the handle, lost your temper. He did such-and-such, and and you just lost your mind, and it wasn't that big. What in the world? Why am I acting like this? It wasn't because of what he said. It wasn't because of what she did. It's because somebody hurt you a long time ago, and you're still wounded by that situation. You're living with bitterness. And that bitterness has grown and it'll keep growing. You say, preacher, I'm not shagging up with nobody. I'm not taking drugs. I'm not getting drunk. I'm not drinking liquor. I'm not doing all these things. Yeah, but do you have aught in your heart against someone? 
Has someone hurt you that you haven't forgiven? You see why this is so dangerous? You can't see it. It is underneath the surface, and you don't even realize it. And God is saying this, and, and, and listen, it all ties together. you got to see this. It's right there in the pattern of the Lord's Prayer. I mean, it is so obvious. Now that I see it, it stands out like a sore thumb. How did I, how did I miss this all my ministry? The most day, isn't it amazing that God could have put any sin here? He could have listed any, any iniquity, any sin, but the one that stood out, the one he said, hey, wait, wait. And I mean, he's waving. He's saying, hey, this is important. I'm going to say something else about it. I'm going to put stipulations here. This is a big deal. This will cause your prayers not to be heard. Unforgiveness. You know why we don't realize we have it? We don't realize it's a sin. We don't realize it's hindering our prayers. It's because somebody hurt us so we feel we're in the clear. Well, preacher, I'm hurting because somebody did so and so. Somebody treated me this way. This happened to me. I'm the offended party. I'm the one that's been hurt. That's true. That's true. But when you fail to forgive, when you fail to forgive, listen, Jesus, when, when Peter said this, when Peter said this, Jesus thought enough of this subject that he told him a story. He said there was a king. There was a king who, who a servant owed him a great amount. Matter of fact, if you study it out, it was like there's no way in the world this guy could pay this back. It was a debt so great. It was a debt so, so huge. It was an impossibility for this servant to pay this king back. And he says, man, please have mercy on me. Please have mercy on me. Y'all know the story. King said, hey, man, I forgive you. Wiping your debt clean. Don't sweat it. It's all good. I'm wiping your debt clean. This same servant <clears throat> goes to someone else who owed him money. Who owed him money. And said, pay me what you owe me. And the guy said, look, man, I don't have... And, and, and this debt was a small debt, insignificant debt in comparison to what that servant owed the king. And he said, pay me what you owe me. Pay me what you owe me. He said, man, I can't. If you just give me some time, I can't. And, and so, so he, he turned him over. He, he, listen, he, he, said, he said, listen, you're going to pay me what thou took him by... Well, the king heard about it. Always keep this in mind, ladies and gentlemen. The king will always hear about it. And he went and got that servant and said, Man, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? Do you realize what I forgave you? I forgave you a debt that you could not pay. I forgave you of something that was impossible for you to do. And then you turn around and you treat your brother this way. I forgave you of something you couldn't pay, but you couldn't forgive someone that's hurt you. So what is the application there? What is the application there? The application is this. You owe a debt to God that you can't pay. You owe a sin debt to God that's impossible for you to pay. The price is too high. There's no way. There's no way possible. We all fall short of the glory of God, and there's nothing we could do about it. But Jesus, God's precious Son, came and died on a cross to forgive us our sin, to take us away from that debt. And you owed a debt so great you could not pay. 
when you fail to forgive someone that's hurt you, you're turning around and not offering them what God has freely given you. That's not the worst part. It's not the worst part. The Bible says that the king turned him over to the tormentors. Now I've read, I've read that in that day, tormentors were people that were hired to hunt you down and track you down and harass you. When you could get up in the morning, you would leave your house, they would follow you everywhere you went. This man owes a debt, this man owes a debt, this man owes a debt. Constantly, constantly tormenting you. It's kind of like debt collectors today. Right? This man owes a debt, this man owes a debt. In other words, tormenting him. You say, preacher, what's that got to do with me? When you live in unforgiveness, bitterness will torment you. Bitterness will kill you from the inside out. Living with bitterness and having bitterness against someone else is like drinking poison, hoping they will die. And it's amazing that whatever this person did to you or whatever it is that you're living with, you're the one constantly living in that turmoil and in that torment, and it ain't bothering them at all. I wonder why God's not answering my prayers. Could it be what God said here in this pattern? Could it be that somewhere along the line somebody's hurt you, somebody's done you wrong, somebody's mistreated you in a way? Maybe it was a church problem. Maybe it was a church. How many of y'all know church is the easiest place to get hurt? It's, 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 I, I, don't even, I don't even know. I don't even have an answer for it. I don't know why you go in a bar and have drinks and, and just about kill each other and fight and scrap and cut each other with a knife and have to have stitches and next Friday buy each other a drink. But you sit in the wrong chair on Sunday morning and it starts a feud between families that last generations. Don't look at me. I grew up in this my whole life. I know what I'm talking about. Cut a pie the wrong way at the church social and see what happens. You know what? I wish we could just joke about this and just see the humor in all this. But the part of the sad is that there are people that still won't talk to somebody because of what happened in a church somewhere. I know y'all think there's so many churches in Coleman because it's a real spiritual place to live. But Doug, I don't know about Decatur. I'll be honest with you. It's kind of grieved me Sunday. I was driving down the road because I was going to Fairview because I was going to be able to be with our Fairview campus. And, and for some, I don't know why, I don't know why, for, for some reason, does God ever let you just be going down the road and with your peripheral vision, just certain things stood out? I'm driving down the road, and, and, and I'm just, I'm talking about from 157 to Fairview, and I'm just passing church after church after church after church after church after church. And, and, I, and, and in, that, in that drive, I know some history and background of certain ones. This one came because they got mad at this one and they're over here because of this one. 
offended. Feelings hurt. Can I be, can I be honest with y'all just a minute? Can I be just, just plain with you just a second? You know why it's so easy to get hurt in church? Because everybody expects everybody else to be perfect. You was at church, so? Church is only made up of imperfect people. Well, I'm going to a church where there ain't no problems. Well, you'll ruin it. I'm not perfect. Preacher Doug, how long have you been pastoring? 43 years. Have you ever made any mistakes in those 43 years? 43,000 mistakes. <laughs> Nobody's perfect in here. Not even the song director, not even the preacher, not, not even the Sunday school teacher you hold in such high esteem. Preacher, what's your point? They may hurt you. They may say something to hurt your feelings and they don't even realize it. They may not visit when you thought they were supposed to. They may have not made that phone call when they thought you, you and, 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 I, and they don't even know. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I've passed people in Walmart and they just... If looks could kill. And I have no idea. Get back and say, man, I just passed so and so. And they, man, my soul. Well, preacher, such and such happened. And they were kind of out with you because I don't even know. Church, funny thing, funny thing. We just expect everybody else to be what we're not. Well, they didn't come to my baby shower. How many you been to? You go to all of them? I, listen, I'm just trying to put it in stuff we understand. Sometimes we touch, we 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 talk in so much spiritual jargon. We let's let's get it where the rubber meets the road. Let's let's just put it right in our garage this morning. We get offended at some of the craziest stuff. Here we have this thing in us, and, and, and we're not drinking, we're not getting drunk, we're not high, we're not, we're not laying around sleeping with everybody, we're not this and we're not that, but, but we're not getting our prayers heard. Maybe it's not because you're the big sinner. Maybe it's because you're the secret sinner. Maybe it's because there's something inside of you that you have all with a brother. And Jesus says, if you have all, stop praying and go fix it. Then bring your prayer. Preacher, what do I need to do then? Forgive. Forgive. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Amen, preacher. That's a good point you just made right there. I believe you. I don't need your amen. I brought my own. I can't forgive. Yes, you can. 
if you couldn't, he wouldn't have commanded you to. Let me tell you something. If Stephen, if Stephen could look at people while he's bleeding and broken and dying and they're still throwing rocks at him, if he can say, Father, forgive them, lay not this into their charge, honey, you can forgive somebody that said something out the way to you. Don't tell me you can't. Just say you won't. Let's just, let's just clear the air right there. Let's just fix this right now, right where we're at. And, and you know, I ain't coming back. Well, I got you now. You're here. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, you can leave. You can go to another church. You can, go, you can just keep on going. But bitterness will follow you wherever you go. It will haunt you wherever you're at. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect people. So why don't we just fix it and lay it down today? Let's get rid of it. Let's deal with it. Let's solve it. Let's set the baggage down. Uh, honey, I'm telling you, bitterness is a heavy suitcase to carry your whole life. I don't know about y'all, but I need my prayers to be answered. I'm living in a crazy world. I'm living in a wicked society. I've got kids growing up and maybe one day grandkids. And I need to be able to get a hold of God and know He hears my prayers. I can't play around. I can't mess around. I can't have anything that's hindering my prayers from being heard. We're in a desperate time. We're living in a wicked society. We need to be in touch with God. Come on, brother. Forgive. Well, I just don't think I can. Well, I got I got news for you. I preached on how you can. It's on the website. If you can't find the website, I'll give you a free CD on forgiving when you don't want to. I don't have time to go into today. I wish I did. But you can do it. You can do it. In that CD, I talk about two stories, Simon Wiesenthal and Corey Tinboom. They both went through atrocities during World War II in concentration camps. And one chose not to forgive, and he lived the rest of his life trying to hunt people down that hurt him. He lived the rest of his life being tormented by unforgiveness. Corey Tenboom forgave and God released her of that and released her of that pain and released her of that burden and she went forward and served God in happiness and joy. Amen. You choose not to forgive, listen, you're doing it to yourself. Quit blaming right. that person that hurt you because it's no longer them anymore. It's you doing Amen. it. Right. I don't know about y'all, but I need, I, I need God to hear me. Yeah. Amen. I need to be able to pray. And no, and no, it's getting through. And all God's people say it. Let's do this. I want every head bowed. Every head bowed as the musicians are coming. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, Lord, please help us. Please help us to forgive. Please help us not to walk around with this sin this barrier in our life, this hindrance to our prayer life. God, help us not to walk around with bitterness. Help us not to live with unforgiveness because it is a great barrier. It is a great problem. It is bigger than anything we could ever imagine. Oh, God, let us forgive. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, if you need to come, come. If you've been hurt, come. If you've been wounded in your life, come. 
if there's something in your life that's hurt you, come right now. Come to this altar and say, God, help me to lay it down. Help me to forgive. God, I don't even want to, but I know I need to. Come and let's pray. I'll pray for you. I'm not going to drag this out, but there's so many. I know God specifically changes to this subject, and I don't, even, I don't even know why, but I know God does. Don't put it off. Every head's still bowed. I'll keep heads bowed. If you need to pray, come. Say, preacher, I know someone that's been hurt. I know someone that's been wounded. Well, come pray for them. Come pray that God will give them the strength to let it go. Pray that God will give them the strength and the ability to forgive, even if they don't want to. Come on, come on. Saints of God, you know who you are. Come on, come on. Do you need to pray? Do you need God to hear your prayer? Come on. Let's not go another day. Let's not go another day in bitterness. Let's not go another day in unforgiveness. Let's not go another day carrying something that's bigger than what we can handle. Find a place in this altar. There's so many up here already. You just come and get with them. Say, preacher, I'm hurt and I'm wounded and I can't, I, I don't see any other way. I don't see how I can. Well, come on and say, God, help me. If God, <coughs> if God is big enough to save you, he's big enough to help you forgive. If he's big enough to wash your sin away, he's big enough to take that anger away and take that bitterness away and help you do what you need to do. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Sing, Jalen. Just sing softly. Come on, don't wait. I must. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Don't put it off. God's dealing with you. Come on and give it to Him. He says, cast thy burden upon the Lord, for He careth for you. Bring your hurt. Bring your problems. Bring your pain and give it to Him. Give it to Him. Oh, yes. Just be honest with him. Be open with him. Open your heart to him. Say, God, I'm trying. I'm trying. Help me, Lord. He kindly will help me. And he ever loves and he cares for his own. So I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone, so I must Tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray right now that you'll touch every soul in this building, touch every heart in this building. Lord, 